It's the Punk Rock Classrooms Podcast, episode 18, Passing the Mic and Gang Vocals. All right. Good morning, crew. Good morning, everyone. Uh, you're probably not commuting because it's a uh, summer break for many of us at this time. But uh, I am Mike, and I'm principal extraordinaire from Lansing, Illinois. And this is Josh Buckley, a social studies teacher from Mesa, Arizona. And we want to welcome you to the Punk Rock Classrooms podcast. Let's get our classrooms to be like a punk show, right? We want that passion. We want that unity. And we want a little DIY attitude. We want to bring it to what we do. And doesn't matter if you don't have that background uh, in, in the punk rock culture. We are all punks here at the Punk Rock Classrooms podcast. That's right. And so, Mike, today, gang vocals. Pass yes, the mic. Super, yes. super good, uh, timely topic to talk about when we talk about the use of collective voices, the use of the power of of like getting everybody involved and yeah and bringing people to the table uh, to speak. And so lay it down for us. What are we talking about? We talk about gang vocals and passing the mic. What do we mean? Yeah, so there's two ways when I think about it. Like, you know, you, you listen to, to a record, a CD, cassette, whatever. And it's, it's when you don't just have the vocalist, the singer, singing a chorus or singing a line. You know, the, every, every, the guitar player, everyone kind of jumps in. But the best part is when you'd get like, especially from like the New York hardcore bands, you'd get like their whole crew in that studio. You know, you like on H2O record, you hear like Lou from Sick of It All singing, you know, yeah. you got dudes from, you know, Cro-Mags and Warzone and, and you know, everyone's got a part and they're just singing together. And it's, it's really a powerful, you know, because it's like, they're all here together singing that same, that message, that same vision. But the real beauty of it is when you would go to a live show yes. and yeah. And, you know, and, and you know, you got your singer, the vocalist, he's up at the front of the stage kind of hanging over a little bit. Maybe his foot's like on one of those security barricades and he just turns the mic and holds it to the crowd. Or I've even seen shows where he, they, they throw the mic into the crowd and you've got the entire audience singing along, chanting fists in the air with that same message. And, it's just powerful. It gives you kind of goosebumps and it gives you like this feeling like we're all united here. We're all together in, in this message that, that the band is putting out there. So that's kind of where gang vocals, I don't know if you want to help expand on a little bit. Yeah, if I no, cover I, it. I think that's a gang focal part. And this idea we talk about passing the mic, it's, it's this idea of like, there is often this time I've been to shows when people have run up on stage and sang along and the, yes. and the singer's like, you got it, man, you take it, you, you run with it, you do it. And it's this idea of like, we don't have to be in the punk rock scene just because you're the one with the microphone doesn't mean you're the only one who gets to talk, right? It doesn't right. mean you're the right. only one who can sing the song. It doesn't mean you're, you're the only one who has something to add to what's going on. And so when we take that idea, that idea of gang vocals and passing the mic in, and punk rock culture and punk that punk and hardcore scene, we can take that to schools, right? And Definitely. so we can take that to education and it, it starts in the classroom, right? That can be a part of what you do in the classroom is simply understanding that yours is not the only voice in the classroom. 
right? That we're right. not that we're not that sage on stage, right? That we have the ability to get the mic out there. Right. We have the ability we, to let others join in in our classroom. Let student voice be powerful. And not just the ability, we have the responsibility to do that. Right, I mean, exactly. If, if you're not, if you're that educator that's being, like you said, the sage on the stage, just up there and it's always you, 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 those kids, I guarantee, are not taking anything away. And that's almost going to be, I don't want to say a wasted year, because I hate when people say, oh, it was a wasted year, because there's always learning happening, regardless of, you know, the, the type of instruction that's being delivered. But you've got to get them right their voice out there i mean you have to it's like i said it's a responsibility as and, an educator to do that and when you think about it this way like look i know that i have a bunch of credits in political science and american history right like that's what i right. went to college for so i have a ton of curricular like knowledge the problem is that i don't know what my kids know what their experiences are what they want to learn about what they want to hear right. more about what they think about if I don't give them the space to do that in my classroom, right? If I don't let them share their experience of something, then I'm not letting others learn from quote from, from experts in my classroom. I, you know, I, I talk to principals all the time in my role as a union leader and I tell them all the time, you have experts in your building. The same thing is true for a teacher. You have experts in your classroom. You may not know it if you don't ever pass the mic or let them have it, right? Right. Let them right. do that, that let them be that voice in your classroom. But we have to we have to do that. We we like you said, it is a responsibility to allow, you know, to allow students to participate beyond a worksheet, to participate yeah. beyond copying down what you're saying as the teacher in that classroom, let them have some ownership of what's going on. Yes. And the other piece of this is too, like we also have to understand that like maybe passing the mic means that you've got another teacher who knows something more than you do. Maybe you've got an English teacher who can really help your, I mean, I'm a social studies teacher. I'm not really great at the rhetorical triangle, but if I brought someone in, one of my teacher friends to help me out, pass the mic to them, or find another expert in my community to come in yeah. and talk about what's going on in my community. Talk about, you know, what are some issues facing students? Bring an expert in, pass that mic, and let them share what they know as well. And there's a ton of ways to give students options about how to use their voice in your classroom. Oh, 100%. Yeah, you know, so many. There's so many different ways to do it, whether that's simply open dialogue, whether that's Socratic seminar, whether that's letting your students use their voice through presentations or songs or whatever, you know, whatever it is that you're having them doing, let them being a part of that is true. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we... Uh... Matt Joseph, um, if you don't follow him on Twitter, you need to make sure you are Dr. Matthew uh, X. Joseph. I can't I don't have his handle pulled up in front of me, but um, he does, he was doing with his district, these, these uh, remote learning nuggets since the COVID-19, you know, school closures happened. And I was fortunate enough. He actually invited me um, about a week or two ago, maybe two, two, three weeks ago um, to present. He, you know, hit me up and he's like, Hey, I want you to talk about, you know, podcasting. So I thought that I was going to go in talking about our podcast, almost like, you know, hey, I got a 30 minute commercial to, to promote Punk Rock Classroom's podcast. Um, but then the more I talked with him, he wanted it to focus on 
uh, student voice. And that's kind of what all of these remote learning nuggets he did every Friday for an hour was focusing on ways to give students that voice, give students that, that, that ownership, that leadership. So I went in with a whole different kind of presentation and I, I talked about how, you know, it's, again, our responsibility to give students a voice and podcasting is one of those ways we can do it. I mean, you, I had a teacher, uh, a third grade teacher, and she did not, we didn't get the approval to have the students podcast go live like ours is and, and like many of the yeah. other podcasts out there where you can go on Stitcher or go to the website or go to Spotify and, and listen to it. So instead, what she did is through, we're a Microsoft school and uh, there was a program on Teams where she was able to record them, you know, basically talking to I me. Mean, you can get yeah. an old school cassette recorder if you can find it and just have them record it and then play it. And I said, one of the reasons we have to give students their voice is because we, I showed a, I showed a picture on my slideshow where you've got the kids with their heads down or they're in the back room trying to hide, or one kid was up in front doing a presentation, you know, and you could tell he's, he's shaken and he's nervous to be in front of his class. A lot of students though, if they record privately in the corner maybe they step in the hall maybe they do it from home in their bedroom where they're comfortable yeah but then they can come back and it can be replayed for your classmates for the teacher i mean you're going to get more more you're going to find out what that student really knows and what they want to say and what message they're trying to put out there um through opportunities like that right for sure and 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 it ends up being this idea of like look there are there are students who are oftentimes shut out of the process, right? right. They um, don't have an option to share anywhere, right? So right. we need to create that place in our classrooms where students feel comfortable sharing their experience and their knowledge and what they don't understand, right? But they have to, they have to feel comfortable, you know, when I, I try to do this with my kids, whenever we read something or whenever we will watch, uh, we'll watch a news clip and I'll say like, this box is for the stuff you don't understand. Right. So in this box, I want you to write down the stuff you don't know, and then we'll figure it out together. Right. Cause there might be stuff right. I don't know. And right. if you have a question as a student, I bet you a bunch of people around you have a question as a student. Right. That's the line they always say, isn't it? If you got a question, there's someone in the room that has the same one. So just right. ask it. <laughs> so, so just getting them to be comfortable and, and students aren't going to be comfortable with sharing their voice and taking the lead. If we don't ever allow for that in our classroom. So as an administrator, what do you do? Like, how do you, how do you do that with your staff? What does that look like for you as a principal? You know, how do you make sure that, that you are uniting your staff together in this gang vocal style or that you're um, passing the mic to folks in your building? What does that look like for you? Yeah. I mean, I feel like I've said this before. It, com it comes down to modeling. You know, if, if that's, what I want our staff to do with our students, which I do, I need to do that with my staff when I have them in, you know, our, our staff meetings and just not just staff meetings, but, but just day to day, you know, um, things that happen in the school. So, you know, I, it's, it's taken me, you know, four years to be able to, to look at my staff and say like, I don't know this, or I don't understand this, or I need help with this. Um, and it's also taken me a long time to just, because I like to talk, obviously. <laughs> and it's taken me a long time to realize sometimes I just, I just need to shut up and just put the phone away 
and just listen to what someone has to say, you know, and I've learned right, like so what's that, much. What's, that, what's the thing that people always say? Yeah. You, have, you have two ears and, and one mouth, so you should listen twice as much as you talk, right? Like, yes. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and, and that's, that's part of my problem. You know, even at home, like I'm always jumping in before, you know, my wife's on saying something or, or somebody else is talking and, and, you know, I've gotten better with it at school, but you know, just because I'm, you know, the, the principal, I, I don't know everything. I don't, I don't have the one guide to take our school to where, you know, we all agree. We've, we all agree of where we need to go with our, our mission, you know, just creating these lifelong learners who are believe in themselves and want to go out and change the world. Like our whole staff agrees on that, but I'm not the only one that knows how to get there. So when, you know, a staff member has an idea and I, and it's not even just teachers. I mean, I have paraprofessionals who come up to me and they're like, Hey Mike, I think, what if we try doing this? And I've learned that by me just kind of shutting up and listening. And then nine times out of 10, I tell them, all right, go try it, go do it. Like, I think that sometimes they're, they're coming to me cause they're, they want permission before they try something, um, which I appreciate because then I do have the know of what's <laughs> going on in the building. But I, I hardly ever have said like, no, don't do that. Like I've never just shut someone down. Like if they've got an idea that they feel is going to work, let's do it. Like try it out. And, you know, sometimes we'll have that discussion where I kind of look at it and maybe there's like some, you know, legalities that they don't know about. And I have to tell them, well, you have to approach it in this way or make sure you do this. You don't break the contract, blah, blah, blah. But for the most part, I let them go and I let them just lead and try it. And the beauty in that is they know that they're trusted. They know that I trust them to take risks, to try new things, to, to do what they feel is going to make our school better and our classrooms better. So, um, you know, and, and then we, we come back and we'll report, you know, we do, you know, it's staff meetings. A lot of the time it's, you know, when we're not up and moving and doing our, you know, the fun projects that the, the fun, the activities that I'm, I'm writing about in the book, but there's a lot of open dialogue of people just sharing like, Hey, this is what I've tried, you know, I, I came across a hurdle here. Does anyone have something they can help me with? And it's, it creates that whole, like we talked about, you know, in other episodes, you know, that gang mentality, like that crew mentality, like, Hey, we're all here for the same reason. Let's help each other out and lift each other up. Right. And it just goes to show like all of these things that we discuss, you can't have one without the other, you know? And if you have one, if you give people the mic, you let them lead, it's going to help build that crew, that trust, that, that right all, you know those all, relationships it, it all goes that, together that we talk about you know it, it, it comes out of this idea is and and i feel the same way you know as as someone who leads you know my, my local teachers union it's the same thing for me like look i know that i don't have all the answers and i can't claim to understand every aspect of everything right so as leaders and that's as a classroom teacher leader, as a building leader like yourself, or, or my role as an education leader in, you know, in my union, it comes down to this idea of like admitting that we don't know and being comfortable right. with stepping back, putting that mic out there and letting someone else who has the knowledge, who has the experience, who has the know-how share it and learning from it, right? right. Like, you and I look, we're both white male educators, right? right? That we do not have the same lived experience as some of our colleagues, as some of our students, as other educators 
Um, and so we can't claim to understand or be able to speak on everything, right? right. So we have, to, we have to be able to say, we don't know, teach us, right? Or exactly. we don't know, we want to learn about it. We want you like speak, you have the knowledge, please share, you know, getting that knowledge, whether it's from a book or a podcast or from, you know, an article or from following, you know, educators of color on Twitter, just to open yourself up to stuff you don't know. Right. We have to do that with the people we lead as well. Right. You know, I, I know that I always have to do better on this, but my goal is always to bring other voices to my work as a leader, right? To say like, I don't know this, um, let's, let's figure it out, right? Like, I'm gonna open up my space, I don't need to lead on this. How about, how about I, you know, I'm gonna tap some of my other educators to come in and lead that work when it comes to this, right? When it comes to areas of social and racial justice, I can't claim to have the experience to know what it's like to be discriminated against. Right. So I'm trying to, op I, I try my best to open up lanes to let people lead in those areas and bring more people in to have those discussions. And, and I think that takes us to this, this sort of like this thought on what it means um, to have this gang vocal idea. There are a whole lot of educators in the country. It is a massive profession. Right. I belong to the National Education Association. It is the largest labor union in the country. That is a collective voice. Right. As educators, you, you want to talk about, uh, you've been to a show and you've heard people shout along to the gang vocals of a song. If teachers can collectively come together, they can change so much about a system. Yeah, I mean, it's so true. And it's, you know, I've had conversations with, you know, we, we had a couple episodes ago when we talked about, you know, the dark side, you know, yeah. selling out. That was, that was our topic. And, you know, I've had a lot of conversations. A lot of, a lot of educators look at it as like, there's that fine line between the union and, you know, administration. And, you know, it's, you know, we have to abide by the contract and it's there. And, but I've had, Maybe, maybe, you know, this comes from me just having this different approach to educational administration, but I've had conversations with staff where I've told them, I'm like, as a union, you, you guys need to speak up and you need to go and, and fight what they're trying to do and do this. And it's the whole thing, like the power of having all of your voices together, you know, right. because if one person comes like, oh, here comes, here comes Josh again, he's just complaining about this, but you know, when you have everyone behind you, not even behind you, because, and I've been talking a lot about this um, these past few weeks with my staff and um, with our families, our school, like we're walking side by side here. You know, yeah. it's not a triangle. It's not you here and everyone f behind you. You know, we're, we're, you know, off the front yeah. lines, we're, we're together marching together. And that's, that's that power in, having those gang vocals, that's a power in, you know, by passing the mic and letting everyone be heard and their input shared and just making the cause even, even stronger, right. what you're, what you're fighting for. And, and, and we're seeing that right now in, in the United States, right? We're yeah. seeing collective action at work since the, since the, you know, the murder of George Floyd and we're seeing, you know, educators 
you know, in the Twitterverse, and I'm seeing my educator friends on Facebook and Instagram really take this seriously right now. This idea of, of, of creating anti-racist systems in education, changing the systems that we have. And we have the power and the voice to do that. Yes, we do. Have to be committed to, to being loud and doing it. And we have to be committed to saying that it's not just, it's not just my fight, that it's our fight. We have to be committed exactly. to passing that mic. We have to be committed to lifting up voices of other educators aside from ourselves. We have to be committed to lifting up the voices of our students because when you look at these protests, these are, this is, there are so many young people involved in this, right? Oh yeah. That, and when we go back, you Mike, when we go back to school in the fall, I know that you're, you're an elementary, you know, an elementary principal. So your world's a little different than mine as a high school teacher. But when I go back, like there, there are conversations, this is going to be a part of what we, that, that I, I'm a government teacher. How are we not going to have conversations right. about this? How are, how are you and your staff not going to have conversations about this? How are me and my colleagues not going to have conversations about this? And those conversations have to be powerful and those conversations have to be designed in a way to to use that punk rock that punk rock idea of like look the system's not working we have the power to change it be loud get your crew get loud and demand change and make change we have to and you know it's it's funny because it's not funny um but I've already started having conversations. Uh, some of some of the staff members reached out to myself and uh, my assistant principal, and we started discussing. And it, we had a meeting scheduled before all of this started with George Floyd, which um, that's the ironic part. Like we already knew that there was a problem, and then the tragic events happened, and our meeting was actually scheduled after um, the weekend of all of the the, the major protests um, going on, and. We, we said like, we need, there needs to be change, you know, and especially in our district, like we see an issue. So we started kind of planning and brainstorming some things that we want to do. And again, this came from a handful of staff that brought mm-hmm. it to me and they knew that they were comfortable they enough that I'm going to sit back and listen to what they have to say. And we had a good conversation about a p- kind of starting a plan of what we're going to do next year. And like you said, as a staff, like we have to have those conversations and um, it's, it's, I mean, it's again, a responsibility that we, we need to do. And it's something that's long overdue. Um, And and, and the same with the students though, because um, you know, I know you put a blog up um, uh, last week. I shared a blog uh, because, you know, for, for my kids, we try not to watch the evening news or watch news really when they're around just because the way media portrays a lot of things, you know, they, they don't understand. Um, and I've, I've learned because my daughter came to me um, and she had questions. She knew exactly what was going on. I mean, she told me, she goes, well, this is all going on because that white officer, you know, knelt on George Floyd's neck and he died. Like, and I'm like, asked, like she knew exactly what happened. I go, well, yeah. how, where did you learn that from? She goes, well, that's what everyone's saying on TikTok. So here, I think she's up there just watching her dance videos but she's learning about what's going yeah. on in our world. And it's time to let our students, regardless of their age, like these are the conversations, you know, and right. 
the conversations you have with your high school students are going to be different than what I have with my second graders, but it's still going to be a conversation. The same thing, right? The heart of the conversation is the same. And we have to have that because, you know, we can change the world, but who's really going to be the force that changes our world? It's our students now. And like, that's why we're in education to empower them to make change, not to become test takers. (laughs) You know, exactly. And, and, And we look at this, like, you know, I've been, my district put out a, a, a message of, you know, these are the things that we've started working on and here's what we commit to doing, right? And I've been lucky enough and to be sitting in on some of those conversations prior to this. Um, but to see so many of my educator friends and so many of my colleagues and see leaders in my district go, yep, this is, this is what we need to do. We, we've been talking about it, but now the, now it's a, it's a, we, there's immediate thing. And, and this is the idea of that collective action. Right. I don't know. I, without the protest, without the number of people out there, without black life, black lives matters doing what they're doing without that collective action, school districts wouldn't have put out statements like this. Our colleagues, our friends, um, may not have been as vocally loud about this. So collective action right. and collective voice matters. And as educators, we have a role to play. You know, I, 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 in, the, in the blog I'd put out, I, I said this, like the communities that we live in are a reflection of what we do in our classrooms. Because how we educate yeah. our kids in our classrooms, they're the ones who go out and create our community. Right. So right. if, if right. we're not willing to make change in our classroom, we're not going to change what happens in our communities. And it comes down to like being able not only to examine our practices and our systems, but also to examine ourselves. Right. Exactly. And that's, that's the main thing you have to, if you're not self-reflecting on yourself right now, I mean, right. That, and, and not just like, Oh, I should choose better curriculum, but I should say better things. Right. I should, I should act differently though. That's the other piece of this. Um, that's key. And, and so, you know, this idea of this, this, this powerful united action, as well as passing that microphone and letting others lead and letting others speak. If we don't do that as educators, if we don't live this idea that we, our students have a voice and that they need to use it and that we have a voice as educators and that we have to be okay with being loud and powerful and, and, and demanding change, it's not going to happen. Right. Right. So I, there's so much more to unpack in all of this. Right. And so it'll be a part two, right. We, we, (laughs) we encourage, you know, we encourage, you know, our crew, our listeners to, to actively examine themselves. Have they been passing the mic to their students? Have they been passing the mic to those they lead? Have they been, listening to others reflect on yourself reflect on your practice reflect on the system that you're in and like i said like get your crew get loud and demand change right that that's that power of that gang vocal 
Um, so our next episode, Mike is got a little reflection. Um, he, uh, you know, we've, we've got a punk rock reflection coming up. Mike's going to share that. Um, so that'll be our next episode. So we hope you listen in. Um, remember you can find all of our episodes, uh, on, on iTunes or Google play or whatever it is. You can follow us on, on Twitter at punk classrooms. You can follow Mike on Twitter at EduChef Earnshaw. And you can follow me on Twitter at Josh R. Buckley. If you're an Instagram person, all of those are exactly the same. You can follow us yeah. on Instagram. We were lucky lucky enough to be able to snag the same <laughs> right. one for, for ourselves and the show. Uh, so yeah, for sure, man. So follow us on there. Yeah. Follow the, when we got the hashtag rolling, um, hashtag punk rock classrooms, you know, we'll do, we, we, anything we tweet out, we'd we use that. Um, or if we put out our slow chats, we'll use that. Um, you know, I know Josh mentioned all of the podcasts are on Google, all, all the streaming services, but definitely check out the website, uh, punkrockclassrooms.com. We've got, um, blogs going up regularly we are in the process um well i shouldn't say we josh is in the process of getting all of our because he's the editing master for us um i'm definitely not taking credit for that but he's getting all of our all of the past episodes up on the website as well um you know we're also on youtube what's our youtube name uh, I don't know that I don't know that YouTube works that way, but you can get to the link on the website. So yeah, if you if yeah. you go to the website up in the corner, you'll see all of the follow things: Instagram, uh, Twitter, and YouTube. You can click there and find our YouTube channel as well. Um, ladies got and gentlemen, gear gear on the site. Yeah, we got gear on the site. Um, but really, you know, right now. Um, Focus on making change, guys. We yeah. want to thank you for listening in. Um, we know that we are only two voices amongst a whole lot you can listen to, and we hope that we add positively to, to what's going on. Um, so thank you guys for tuning in. Mike, I got to know, man, it wouldn't be the Punk Rock Classrooms podcast if you didn't tell me what you've been listening to. What have you been listening yes. to? So this week I've been listening to a lot of Fever 333 again. Um, they share, they did a, like a live performance uh, the other day too, a uh, Wednesday um, that they streamed and yeah, just been listening to that a lot lately. What about you, Josh? What have you been listening to? Uh, so let's see this morning on my run, I needed some loud, angry music. Uh, so I listened to uh, boy sets fire after the eulogy. Um, Great album. That first track. If you're angry, if you're, pissed about some stuff if you are upset at the world around you uh not paying attention to what's going on that's that's a good track for that uh, and then i also listened to a little lionheart on my run this morning uh but it's you know it's it's uh all i listen to really right now is what i run so it's got to be loud and fast and right. oh one other thing bob mould who was uh in husker do just put out a single um uh and it is uh it is fantastic uh it is off a new album that he's got coming out uh, it's American Crisis. If you buy the single, he's donating to a couple charities around Black Lives Matter. And so it's one song, 99 cents on iTunes. It is fantastic. It's It starts with a wail scream. It is some powerful punk rock. It is, it is a good song. It's a really good track. When, when you, I didn't, <laughs> yeah. didn't even realize until you shared it. So so a punk rock icon, good stuff. Uh, but yeah, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in. And uh, you know what? We'll see you at the show. At the show. We gotta fight the system, we gotta fight, we gotta die We gotta fight the system, we gotta fight, we gotta die